right, guys, I know you're probably wondering, what in the world is our set doing playing this music? What's going on? Well, if you love songs and all this stuff stem from one of the original gods and goddesses, and we're going to get into this love story today. All right, the next two up is Gab and Nut. Gab was the god of the earth. Now, I know in most traditions, everybody says that the earth is a female. But in ancient Kemet, they knew that the earth was masculine. Now, you got to stop and think for a minute. The earth represents what? The physical reality, right? The trees, the rocks, everything that you see. And if you think about masculine energy, men, males, are typically physical. They're very physical creatures versus the females are normally the spiritual beings, which that explains Geb and Nut. Geb again was the earth. Nut, his sister wife, was the sky. When you think of the sky, you think of the spiritual plane because that's where your birds are and your stars are. And in fact, her body was literally lined with stars. But back to Geb. Well, all right, let's see how he fits in here. Number one, he's part of the Aeneid of Heliopolis. His grandfather was Atum, which is the first creator god we discussed. His father was Shu, which is the god of the air. And his mother was Tethnut, which is the goddess of moisture. As the god of the earth, his domain is the physical world. He literally supports the world. And he's constituted, along with Nut, his sister, as the second generation in the Enid, the group of the nine gods. So when you see him in Egyptian art, he's typically portrayed as a man lying on his back. One knee is kind of cocked up. You're going to notice that his penis is erect and he's laid out. Again, he represents the earth. Now, why is the penis erect? Anytime you see that erect penis, that is creation. That's power. So I know like when the foreigners came over and they start seeing all these statues with these big penises and they were erect. That's what that represents because you have to think the penis is what gives life. That's the actual organ that shoots out the solar force, the energy of life. So therefore, that's why they drew him like that to let you know that he was full of life, which is what the earth is. The earth is full of life. Sister wife, which is nut, she is actually the goddess of the sky. And she's the woman that you see that's kind of bent over him. And she has all these stars all over her body. Now, when they first came into being, they were not separate. They were actually constantly entwined, constantly making love with each other. And the two of them, by making all this love that they did, they ended up creating those first five gods, which are extremely powerful. Now, as the story goes, Ra got very upset. He was pissed. Why? Because the love making just got out of control. They were doing it all over the place and everywhere. Now, you got to go back and think. Before we were colonized, we didn't see anything wrong with making love. My mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yes. Baby, I 
saw nothing wrong with the human body. We thought this was beautiful, the breasts, the hips, you know, the penis, the chest. We actually celebrated these things. That's why we didn't cover everything up the way that they taught you to. So in your ancient culture, sex was a sacred act. And they're very special because this is the first documented sacred act that ended up creating the entire world, creating all the first levels of gods and goddesses and all of the different things that you see today. Now, as the story goes, the sun god Ra became upset and he realized that Geb and Nut, they're not trying to stop. So what he had to do was he ordered their mother and father, Shu and Tefnut, to separate them. And that's why you see the two beings pushing the woman up in the sky and standing on top of the man to keep them separate. And once they separated, well, she was already pregnant, as you can imagine. She was actually carrying, based on which story you read, between four to five children. So she was pregnant with Horus, the elder, Osiris, Set, Isis, and Nephthys. And he said, I'm going to make it so that you will never be able to give birth on any day of the year. So what they had to do so that she could birth these divine beings, Thoth, or his name was also Tehuti. I'm sure you've seen him. He's the one with like that bird head. He's the one of wisdom. So what he had to do is he had to literally create five extra days. And so that all these babies could be born. So if you look at it, those five extra days, each child ended up coming out one day after the other. And that's how all of the first five children ended up being born. Because on the Egyptian calendar, there are actually five extra days. So that's the story behind them having those children. Now, going back into Geb, again, he would be the third divine pharaoh, reigning after his father, Shu and before Osiris. He also supported Horus right to the throne following the death of Osiris, which we're gonna get into Osiris in the next lesson in greater detail. As the Egyptians believed that the Pharaoh was the living image of Horus, the Pharaoh was sometimes called the heir of Geb. So he was the third divine ruler among the gods. The human Pharaohs literally claimed themselves to be descended from him, and the royal throne was often referred to as the throne of Geb. So that's why I told you in the very first lecture that we had, the very first podcast, that you are nature. You are nature personified. So that's what that meant. If Geb was the earth and he fathered it, then that would explain why all these kings said that they were actually in the order of Geb. One ceremony that they would do every year was an accession of the new pharaoh, which involved releasing four wild geese to the four corners of the sky. And they did this to bring luck to the new king. During the Ptolemaic period, Geb became identified with the Greek god Kronos, which was Father Time. The goose is actually his sacred animal. And in some pictures, they actually draw him with the head of a goose. However, typically he's always normally laid out. That's how most people are able to identify him. In his shrine in Bada and Anu, 
He laid the great egg, which literally symbolizes rebirth and renewal, from which the sun god arose in the form of a phoenix. He's known as the great crackler, because when this egg came out of him, he made this crackling noise as it was being laid. He's also called the RPT, which means the hereditary tribal chief of the gods. And the earth itself was referred to as PRGBB, which means the house of Gab. Earthquakes were thought to be his laughter, and it was he who supplied the minerals and the precious stones that you see on the earth. So for example, all these diamonds and gold and all these things, all of that comes from Gab. The sign used for his name literally became associated with vegetation and the lush farming land of the Nile. So the green giant that you guys have been seeing, he would be symbolizing Gab. It was said that barley grew on his ribs and he was depicted with green patches of vegetation all over his body. Gab had the authority over the tombs that are buried in the earth. And therefore he assisted in the ritual of weighing the heart of the deceased in the halls of Ma'at. The justified dead were given words of power, which allowed them to ascend into the sky. So a lot of these UFOs and these lights that you're seeing, a lot of people would say those are actually people who have transitioned over. They show this in a lot of your cartoons, the anime cartoons. When they transition, you see a little ball of light going up. While those whose hearts were weighed down and that were full of guilt, they ended up being trapped by Gab within him. Thus, he could be malevolent or he could be a beneficial deity. Why? Because he had the ability to imprison the dead within his body. And again, his wife, Nut, was always depicted covering like the sarcophagus when they dug up those tombs, while he would always be drawn in the, the base of the sarcophagus. And therefore you knew that the person that was buried in there were protected by both of those deities. The key here that you wanna remember with Gab is the intimacy, that great intimacy that he had with his sister, because their union again is what birthed the earth. So everything that you see, the sky, the stars, Everything, the earth itself, the trees, the leaves, all of that is Gab. And that night sky that you see, again, is his sister, which is Nut. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Nut. Nut is, again, the personification of the sky and the heavens. And she is the daughter of Shu and Tefnut, the granddaughter of the creator god, Atum, or some people call Ra, her husband, brother, was Gab the earth. Now, if you look in the coffin text, they normally refer to Nut as she of the braided hair who bore the gods. In one myth, Nut gives birth to the sun god daily as he passes over her body during the day before being swallowed at night only to be reborn in the next morning. Again, you want to remember that she is the mother of the five children of those five extra Egyptian calendar days. She was a cow goddess who adopted some of her attributes from Hathor, which we'll go into in another lesson. 
when Raw became tired of ruling, Nut rose up into the heavens on her back in the form of a cow. However, she generally takes the form of a naked woman covered with stars, holding her body in an arch, facing downwards, while her arms and her legs were the pillars of the sky, and her hands and her feet were thought to touch the ground at the four cardinal points on the horizon. And there were many, many festivals that were held in her honor throughout the year. This story is a beautiful love story. Now, I know when you go and you start doing research because you have foreigners who took these stories and they didn't fully understand what they were reading. And so they started misinterpreting stuff. Like there's something out there that tries to say that Geb was bisexual because he was able to birth the earth. They didn't understand, again, the concept of the male being physical and the female energy being spiritual. Think about it normally, okay? Most men, again, are physical creatures. They're the ones who, if you're not attractive to them, they're not going to want to be with you, okay? They don't even take the time to get to know you. Versus the female, you'll see some beautiful females with some of the ugliest men, and you're wondering, what is she doing with him? But it's because she's spiritual. So instead of you just looking at what this man looks like on the outside, once you get to know him and you begin to commune with him, then all of a sudden, he's not so bad looking. And all of a sudden, you start seeing the inner beauty. And before you know it, you're in love. So that's the difference between masculine and feminine energy. And that's what this story is teaching you about those different types of energy. Again, without the male, even though the woman holds the seed, which is what they're showing you with the stars on her body, those are souls that she's holding. Versus with him, he actually has the life force within him to actually birth it into the physical reality. So if you don't have the sperm, you're not gonna be able to create the child. And it goes without saying, like when you see even couples, nine times out of 10 is always the man that determines the race. It's the man that determines the phenotype of the child that comes out of the woman. So again, it's a different way of looking at things, but the takeaway here, when you're talking about Geb and Nut, you want to remember them by being one of the very first intimate relationships that was given to humanity. And again, when you're looking at your ancestors, to them, intimacy was not a sin, not the way that you've been taught. Like I know today, you're Catholics. They believe that the priest has to be a virgin and he can't be with a woman. Well, your ancestors did not think like that. Your ancestors knew that it took a male and a female to come together in intimacy in order to create life. So there's no way that life could be here if they were not in an intimate relationship. And that's exactly what Geb and the story of Nut are showing you. Their love, their union, their devotion is what created everything you see today. And even though they're separated now, the love that they have for one another is still extremely important and very, very strong. I remember reading in some of the ancient texts that Geb still yearns for her. You know, he always misses her because there was just such a strong attraction between the two of them. And they had to be separated in order for everything to actually populate on this planet. 
Nut is stretched over the planet. And if you look, she's like a dome, which we've been teaching forever that we're under a dome and that these people can't get out of here. And even though they try to tell you that they're going to Mars and they're doing this and they're doing that, that dome that keeps all of life here and regulated. So yeah, you can probably go to other planets, but you're not going to get there in a human body. The only way to get there, you're going to have to go in a solar body or astral body, which is why she has stars all over her. That's the only way to get out. This is Geb's domain. So if you're on earth, you have to be in a physical body. That's the way it works. Some type of a vehicle in order for you to interface in this reality. So again, that's the big takeaway. Nut, Gail, divine lovers, brother, sister, husband, wife who created the earth and the sky that you see today.
the best radio station in the world in the world is right here right now the golden race conscious radio for the conscious community